0: Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic podcast number 216, August 27th, 2019. It was 99 degrees on this day in 1926 and as low as 42 degrees in 1887. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with rookie on production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushenay. I'm in that awkward space where I don't know if I'm behind the curve or ahead of the curve. Meaning what? I was reading about a new class at Berkeley. This story was on a number of websites. A new class at Berkeley that will teach the college students adulting. Mm. Uh, How to be an adult.
1: I guess I'm at a disadvantage because I don't... Or do
0: I instinctively know how to adult? The class... Well, you might take advantage of this class. The (laughs) class is a student-run course designed by Belle Lau, a 20-year-old integrated biology student, I don't know what that means, and her friend Jenny Zhu. We realize the things we don't learn in school are topics like taxes and just how to take care of yourself, said Lau. The course description lists some of the skills being taught. The school system does not require a class for students to learn how to live in the real world and function as an adult. We often enter college unprepared to take care of ourselves. Many life skills, including how to develop good habits, manage stress, pay taxes, budget our spending and income, and to live a healthy lifestyle are necessary, especially when college is the bridge to adulthood. This course will explore the many dimensions of how to successfully adult. Lau admits that she's not a life expert herself being so young, but that the course will bring in experts and help the kids understand uh, what they don't know. Sure, uh, We're middlemen trying to get professionals to talk about these topics uh, and get the, get the people involved. Uh, it, it, to me, that's just so over the top and beyond the pale that what the kids don't realize they're admitting is that they've had a failed education, mm-hmm. not, not to mention failed upbringings, if you don't know something right. that simple. But what intrigued me was that uh, <clears throat> there's a, a news station in Detroit uh, w X Y Z, the ABC affiliate in Detroit, uh, they picked up this story, and then they they uh, farmed it out to the morning crew at W K Q I in Detroit. Uh, that morning crew is hosted by Mojo Spike and Shannon.
1: Mojo Spike and Shannon on the queue! Yep, and and uh, <laughs> Mojo Spike and Shannon. This
0: is when I listen to them. Uh, First of all, I don't know why the ABC affiliate threw the story to the uh, morning crew at WKQI. Maybe they're maybe they're owned there's, by the same company. Yeah, maybe or, there's some synergy or whatever. Sure. But, but here's how it was handled on a, on a morning news show in Detroit. Moshe in the morning's been tweeting about these new adulting classes. This is for real. Yeah, it's for
2: real, and actually, to be honest with you, it's the most necessary class I think, uh, especially uh, having a son who's 23 years old. My uh, son uh, needed a lot of adulting and probably still needs a lot of adulting, but in college they will teach you everything that you need to know about uh, cooking, um, how to control your finances, how to do your taxes. I mean, that's like the, the big thing. I mean, I remember when, when I was younger, my dad kind of did this
1: with me, but nowadays us parents are, are probably not smart enough the to teach us. The only problem it. I hear with this, great idea. Is that it's happening in college? It should happen in high school. Agreed. I mean, yeah. that's where we need to start to learn the difference between a checking account and a savings account, or how to change a tire. You know, things that Thanks, are squeak. actually in your life, cooking. Why class. did you how look, did up, Wait, wait why did you look up at the camera to look at Anne Marie? <laughs> that's who when, I'm talking to. <laughs> how to change a tire? No, but you know what? I mean, there's things, everything from how to what a mortgage is to how to interact with police, <laughs> things that you need in everyday life more than trigonometry and things that no, I never no. used. Okay, I'm in radio. I understand I'm a dummy, but you know,
3: how yeah. to turn on a grill, which ladies mm-hmm. I did for the first time. It's a big moment, you guys. You she did it. So Look nice. at the big side. girl. Look at the big girl. I know. by the way, this class is so popular that they actually it, it like sold out or became full, whatever you want to say. Yeah. They had to add a second session for right. people to uh, This uh, is well. how you yes. really yeah. train. Any that
2: you guys think that they should add to this class? Uh, uh, how to how to balance to the checkbook.
0: That's, a, That's good a good one. one. Yeah. for the record, I do know how to change a tire, Spike. So there you go.
3: Bam!
1: No, I wasn't accusing you. And I don't was. Look at the kettle calling Black over here. This man <laughs>
3: tore his ACL trying no, to change what is, a tire. What did, what did you tear? My bicep muscle. Oh. Had bicep surgery. Muscle. Oh. Oh. Is, trying to is, change a tire. To follow up with this yeah. story. Yeah. Yes. Uh. <laughs> There's more to that.
2: Get, in your, your, get of your investigators now. on this one.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks,
0: guys. Give me my volume.
1: This is really sad. Uh, really sad. I'm so tired of being alone. It's over. Remember we had that sounder, it's over? Yes, I do. It's over.
0: You should create a new one that we can use. Without music? I don't care how you do it. I'm you're, the, you're the surgeon. You do it. So let me compose myself for a yeah, moment. Yeah, I see that you're in need uh, in need of a little. You know what I think?
1: Composing.
2: I think the mayor has some thoughts.
1: Well, that was, who? <laughs> aside from being, well, really first of all, I'm not sure.
0: Leader. I'm not sure it's the role of the academy, uh, especially at tuitions in college level of you know Berkeley's what 75, 80 grand a year. I'm not sure it's really Berkeley's responsibility to teach you how to change a tire. No, for no, example, no. I don't think it's Berkeley's responsibility to teach you what a mortgage is.
2: What about, um, what if I want to go there to learn how to turn on a
0: grill? I don't think that's their responsibility either. But these kids (laughs) unwittingly uh, are admitting that they're idiots. They're dummies. That they're idiots. That they have no life skills. Why do they... Now link this to, uh, you can understand better, uh, man's uh, failure to have a relationship with nature. The simple things in life are are passing these kids by. It's, it's amazing. Now, I, I have to be careful. I, of the kids I used to have, probably only two of them could change a tire. And the third one would call me.
2: <laughs> Not to name any names. Right. <laughs>
0: But I have successfully told them to always drive off the freeway. I don't care if you ruin the car. Doesn't matter. Cars are cheap. Get off the freeway. Get off. Don't change a tire on the f- side of the freeway. Right. Get off. I don't care if you destroy the damn thing.
1: But why do they wear this? Uh, not your kids you used to have. Why d- do the youth wear this as a badge of honor, thinking it's cute that they don't know how to turn a grill on or to change a
0: tire or balance a checkbook? Love. Which they do you know if, if you want me to get heavy, it's because... Those are conventional dynamics in American life. And the mystery has disabused young people of anything of convention or tradition. Mm. So it astonishes them at some point that they're, they're, they're responsible for a checking account, and they have no bleeping idea what that means or how to do it or, or whatever. Your, uh,
2: your walk on the service road of life discussion yesterday in your observations driving back from Gull Lake and how people don't want to work well, that's just my, that's my suspicion. Sparked a, an interesting debate between a, a couple people uh, mm-hmm. in, in my life yesterday mm-hmm. via, via the text message that said, Joe is spot on. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what this is. Well, that's beneath me. I don't need to know how to, you know. I or, can't
1: worry about that.
2: Or someone will just do it for me. That's, at, the, that's the life we've created for some of these at kids. At Berkeley,
0: they're saying, we don't really know that much, so we're all learning together. Uh, boy, there's some deep linking that could be done there. Uh, I think one of the roles of the mystery is to uh, is to rob people of identity so that there is a sameness. Uh, I had, and a dependency? What did I have? I had, no, I had something interesting about that. Let me see if I can even think what it is. Uh, yes, I do. I can really get heavy here. I can really link. Heavy love,
1: Tuesday.
2: How about the part where they said the class is so popular they had to add more courses?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean... As if that list wasn't the lowest of the low. Turning on a grill.
0: The mystery eliminating identity. San Francisco. Uh, The latest but surely not the last demonstration of insanity is San Francisco's Board of Supervisors' adoption of new person-first language guidelines meant to change the public's perception of criminals. The words convicted felon, offender, convict, addict, and juvenile delinquent are out- These individuals will henceforth be referred to as a justice-involved person. Someone previously called a criminal will now be referred to as a returning resident or a formerly incarcerated person. Supervisor Matt Henney told the San Francisco Chronicle that the intent is to keep people from being forever labeled for the worst things that they have done. We want them ultimately to become contributing citizens and referring to them as felons is like a scarlet letter that they can never get away from. It's a noble objective, but language has or used to have a purpose beyond interpersonal communication. Like so much else today, language has now been appropriated to advance political agendas. The encroachment of euphemisms on common sense is everywhere. Illegal immigrants have become undocumented workers. Babies in the womb lose their humanity when they are labeled fetuses. Euphemisms are most used to hide more accurate descriptions of behavior or status in order to avoid conflict or not injure someone who might be offended or hurt. It fails to commute any, communicate anything meaningful while claiming to do so. George Orwell called it newspeak or doublespeak. Too often, euphemisms are used to make bad behavior appear good or at least tolerable and to allow one to avoid responsibility and accountability. They are interpreted according to one's personal wishes. As Humpty Dumpty told Alice in the Lewis Carroll Carroll classic, when I use a word, it means what I choose it to mean. Neither more nor less. The English language once conveyed meaning. How long have we been saying words mean mean? something? Properly written and spoken, it suggested one was educated and capable of conversing in polite company. Today is often used to cover up true intentions. Consider how often racism is misapplied. Well, it's been misapplied to the point where it no longer means anything. The proper use of language can also be redemptive. That used to be a major goal, along with punishment of penitentiaries, penitentiaries, the word being derived from penitent, suggesting the possibility of changing one's life after admitting wrongdoing and repenting so as not to repeat bad behavior. Is anything bad today or has that become subjective? (laughs) In our muddled language and culture, one dare not suggest anyone has done anything wrong, lest negative labels be attached to them. Such labels are unevenly applied. The political left often retains them to attack the right. But should the right seek to use words that accurately describe the conduct or status of another, they are condemned as old fashioned, rigid, judgmental or worse. Wardrobe malfunction has been a recent favorite, a euphemism for showing off what were once considered private body parts. If you are unemployed, you are between jobs or a consultant. Underserved community means the politicians aren't getting all the money they want. A corollary. You are no longer poor. You are economically disadvantaged. The list is endless. Instead of applying euphemisms, San Francisco should be seeing to the homeless previously housed individuals, and the filthy streets that now require maps so people can avoid stepping in human waste. Tony Bennett may have left his heart in San Francisco, but the city seems to have lost its mind there, too. This is an opinion piece by Cal Thomas that was uh, uh, I saw on a Fox News site. The point being that what's taking a hit here is the loss of identity. The loss of identity meaning... Uh, Vanilla. There's no distinguishing between a law-abiding citizen a citizen, and a non-law-abiding citizen. A convicted felon. Yeah, there's no distinguishing. Uh, it's an effort to uh, erase the identity of individuality. Uh, and unfortunately, wow. if your individuality happens to be that of a criminal, uh, I want to know that because I'm not a criminal. Right. But this is being taken away from us. Give me the title again because people are going to ask about this and want to read it. It's a a piece called San Francisco Has a New Definition of Political Insanity. It's by Cal Thomas, Tribune Media Services. Uh, I'll find it. You'll find it. Uh, In the summer of 2019, Fox News embarked on an ambitious project to chronicle the toll progressive policies has had on the homeless crisis in four West Coast cities, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Portland. In each city, we saw a lack of safety, sanitation, and civility. Residents, uh, the homeless, and advocates say they have lost faith in their elected officials' ability to solve the issue. Most of the cities have thrown hundreds of millions of dollars at the problem, only to watch it get worse. This is what we saw in San Francisco. And they're seeing many things in San Francisco, uh, including apparently, the, I think we've noted this before, that San Francisco has hired, has had to hire people who clean up uh, human waste on the streets. I met someone the last couple of weeks when we were on our little
2: podcast trip that works for our affiliate in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And we discussed at length one night at dinner Mm -hmm. the Seattle is dying. And he he said he cannot, because it's the same thing that's going on in San Francisco. They might as well have just named it the same. San Francisco is dying. But he told me that Seattle has to do the same thing. They have a team of people, a team of people Mm -hmm. that walk around that just remove waste, human waste from the streets. Think, think about that. Government employees are 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 basically removing poop from the streets.
0: The more and more personal identity is removed from the the culture scape, the more and more Mysterians can bring about a very eerie sameness. So you're you're not Chris Reavers, a, a podcast producer. You are Chris Reavers, maybe. A privileged white male oh of course yeah and you are no longer uh, Matt Mikulski. you are no longer a criminal because of the uh, bank robbery you committed right. uh, you are a returning guest <laughs> once you're once you get I out of jail still even, feel like a bank but rabbit. we're getting to the point where you won't go to jail hell in Boston you can rob a house if there's nobody in it that's right you know so what's being taken from the cultural landscape is individual liberty and Identity. Uh, a case in point would be uh, a teacher yesterday we learned of in St. Louis who wishes, we don't know male or female, who wishes to be referred to by the prefix uh, mix, mix, M-X. Mm-hmm. That's the loss of identity. Mm-hmm. That's not Mrs. Kavanaugh, who I bring an apple to in fifth grade. That's something known as mix. W- where, is the per- where is the identity of that person? And what identity does that person wish to have? By saying mix, that person apparently is willing to surrender whatever individual identity he or she may have once had.
1: What's the ultimate goal? I mean, what would be a total? But but once everybody's referred to as mix, everybody's the same. Individuality is gone. That's the goal. Level playing field for all. And then the the overachievers decide not to achieve anymore because they say, what's "What's the the point? point? What am I I working so hard for?
0: The words convicted felon, offender, convict, addict, and juvenile delinquent are out. Uh, These individuals will henceforth be referred to as a justice-involved person. Someone previously called a criminal will now be referred to as a returning resident or a formerly incarcerated person. Supervisor Matt Haney told the San Francisco Chronicle, the intent is, well, it's a false intent, Matt. It, it can't happen. The intent is to keep people from being forever labeled for the worst things they have done. We want them ultimately to become contributing citizens and referring to them as felons is like a scarlet letter. But you're, you're, not, you're not doing anything playing with the language that would result in anyone becoming a contributing citizen. The two are not, anom- the two are not analogous. It has nothing to do with each other. And I think what's just as clear- Once you become a contributing citizen, you won't be known as a contributing citizen. No. You'll be a privileged person or a person right. of wealth, or uh, you, you will be a, a privileged white person, for example, and, and, and instead of Chris Reavers, who is producing the most successful podcast <laughs> in America.
1: Right, right. You can't have those then either. You can't have can have a the, successful podcast. And
2: the other thing, too, it's following in lockstep with what we're seeing every day now, the continuing
0: loss of accountability. Mm-hmm. Thus, we need adulting classes. Well, I, I need to know how to turn on a grill. Shannon did. She hadn't, Shannon, Spike, and Mojo. Yep. Shannon's the female, and she said she turned on a grill. And she was proud of herself. And either Spike or Mojo tore his arm apart trying to change a flat tire. I think tire. that was Mojo. Mojo, because yeah. I think
1: Squeak or Spike was.
0: Uh, yep. Now, now that, let's say that was Mojo. He said he had a 23 year old son. How come you went with such a boring radio name? Right. I know. A, I know. That's why
2: Joe. I never win any awards. Joe. <laughs>
0: You know, let's say, let's say, let's say Mojo, Mojo says he has a 23 year old son. And rather than find any folly in this, uh, Mojo says, yeah, my son's 23. He could use some, uh, some adulting. Well, that means you got to be at least, I would say, let's say you had that child at 20 and maybe older, but that means you're at least 43 and you don't see the folly in this. Right.
2: uh, I'm too busy working on my wacky radio bits. What do you think, Bolly?
0: And I guess when I heard it again, in fact, just play the beginning again, and then I think I can explain. You
2: want the part with Mojo?
0: No, I want the very beginning. Okay. Where, where we have the two gals on the, on the TV. Uh, these the ABC. new adulting classes, this is for real? No, I didn't he hear, the for real I did the very, hear the beginning. I did not hear the beginning. very beginning. Very beginning.
2: Mojo in the Morning has been tweeting about Stop. these new adults. Stop.
0: Another great lesson for America there. You are having your news delivered to you in many cases by, and I can tell my own example from early July when I was, a, my tweet was read on Fox News. Yes. You are having your news delivered to you in many cases by young, uh, these were two uh, very attractive young blonde women, not that blonde has anything to do with anything. But you're having your news delivered to you by people who are getting their news from Twitter. So these two, this, this, these, these gals on the morning show, uh, the, news, uh, uh, the morning news on WXYZ, ABC affiliate in Detroit, uh, saw that a local radio station in Detroit, WKQI, with uh, Mojo, Spike, and Shannon, yep. were tweeting about the, the, uh, the development of adulting classes at Berkeley. So that becomes a news story. So they cut two. they got a camera at W uh, XYZ. whatever, they got, a re, they got a camera over at that morning show, and they bring on Mojo, Spike, and Shannon, uh, at, who offer no critical commentary whatsoever, okay. but uh, play along with it and say, this is terribly necessary. And the other guy, maybe Spike, said, well, even worse, it should start in high school. Well, I went through high school and college, and I never, we didn't have any courses in uh, checkbooks,
2: nope. cooking. Oh, just, we did have a checkbook thing, but it was part of an
0: accounting class. Well, that's in college. No, no, no. This was in, oh. this might've been junior high school. Well, well, great. I, but my point is, my point is it's gotten to the point where uh, most of the people in the country would would have no opinion on this other than, well, that's pretty neat. <laughs> that's pretty neat that you're going to have an adulting class at Berkeley.
2: And for the record, 75 bleeping yeah, grand right. a year. One woman is blonde, the other is a
0: brunette. I'm sorry. That's okay. Well,
1: they're not hard on the eyes.
0: They weren't hired over the phone. But right. <laughs> But think about that. I am thinking Berkeley about it. I'm has having essentially deep
2: become or offered a class that's a daycare. Mm-hmm. It's a daycare. Mm-hmm. Hey, get out of here. We'll take care of you. And
0: well, yeah. as my friend Sanibel Jim always says, we're doomed. That's these that's are people it. that are going to go out if we still have a working economy. These are people that are going to go out into the economy and start crying if they get reprimanded by a boss. Just
1: think of that.
2: Just think if you're the person that hires one of these losers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you screwed up your TPS reports. Well, you can't yell at me. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't you know how to start a grill? You never learn how to start a grill? <laughs> and they'll
2: end
0: up calling their mother. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, well, the, no. like the one did uh, a couple weeks ago.
0: I just read something about where some woman uh, spelled a word wrong, and she... Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and she told her boss, well, that's how I've always spelled it. it was yeah, hamster. but it's wrong.
1: Hamster. Hamster.
2: No. Yes. She it, spelled it with she, a D. Did she, she throw a B or
0: a D in there? I think she
2: threw a D in there. Look it
0: up, Rook.
1: I thought, no, it was a P.
0: Hamp. Well, look it up. See if you can find it, and do it efficiently and as quickly as possible. Uh, but none of this see this is where i find myself in an awkward position am i am i the one out of step yeah she
2: spelt it with a p hamster hamster well that's how i spell it
0: but you're wrong that And she starts matter. weeping we're doomed
1: her <laughs> editor her editor was critical and she called her mom Oh, okay, do we know
0: what for what outlet was she working, or is this real? We need to verify this. Uh, is this uh, is this factual? Has this been snoped? I don't think it needs to be snoped. I don't find it terribly surprising at no, all.
2: No, not at all. I'm trying to find where she worked. Well, <laughs> bon that's how I've always hard. spelled hamster. <laughs> I guess we'll agree to disagree, It's she not says. a hamster, lady. No. It's a hamster. I wonder if she thought it was a hamper. of clothing like hamper? Clothes?
1: Yeah. Okay, look, she was a millennial. She yep. tried at work. Let's see if they named the... Uh...
2: You know what, Rook? Maybe we should start doing that with the mayor. Well, this is how I've always
0: spelled it. Yeah, well, it won't fly with me. <laughs> You'll be out.
1: Uh, Carol Blymire, a communications and public policy executive, branding consultant, professor, writer, took to Twitter on Friday to tell the story. Oh, she overheard of a young writer, okay. probably in her late 20s. I'll keep searching. All
0: right. Well, we don't know then, but I I, I, I find it horribly plausible Absolutely. that that happened. Horribly plausible. 100 percent believable. Horribly plausible. Yep. See, our artist in resident, artist in residence, Greg Holcomb. Yes. Uh, Joe, I uh, forgot to mention in my last email that we had 262 entries in our drawing. Not wow. a bad response. Rather than me running around trying to get names, could you, during the show, or Matt, when he does the show, mention GLers will see me with a sign somewhere near the front of the stage. That way, everyone wanting to enter will come to me. Thanks, Greg. Okay, I thought he already picked a guy. Is he picking two people? We're doing one again for the show this Friday. Oh, he's going to do two Fair. cartoons? He's going to
2: do one for each
0: day. Because on uh, last Thursday, he had a winner, and then this Friday, he'll have a winner. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Yeah, let's uh, let's direct people to him rather than him running around. And, of course, we'll be at the Great
2: Minnesota Get Together again. So if you missed it last Thursday, we'll be out there again this Friday from 1230 to 2 at the Channel 5 building. Tons of seating available, which is a neat, uh, a, a neat feature this year for the GL oh, show I at the it. fair.
0: Well, no matter how self-serving it is to me, I'm going to read Julia's email. Okay. Hail the Flashlight King! Hail, Hail you! At the risk of gushing, ah, why not, the great Minnesota get-together is even greater with G.L., Loyal listening and consistent GL lexicon, carefully written emails about family in the boathouse, my Sousheret book collection and the GarageLogic maps prove this CI girl boasts common sense, but my excitement about GL at the fair exhausts my husband and children. Last week, I couldn't sleep Wednesday night as I waited to he- head to the fairgrounds. And Thursday's show was worth the anticipation. Before the show, the guy, meaning her guy, grabbed a photo of me with Joe because you gentlemen are no longer stuck behind the porch railing. <laughs> the show was successful, both Hosting Marjorie, the Lake Detective, and the regular GL State Fair cast. What a crowd. After the show, Chris stopped our twins to visit about their Vikings jerseys. First meeting of Reavers, and I must say he's as friendly as Rook, your golden retriever sidekick. Honey, for your GL hearts, a woman sitting behind me at the show shared that GL got her through raising her large family. I echo her. Raising a family feels lonely in this anti-family climate of ours. Couldn't be more thankful to you guys for keeping it positive. Good luck on Friday, Julia.
2: Cool.
1: Very
0: nice. I've met Julia. She's yeah, I, wonderful. Yeah, I remember
2: talking. She's that was wonderful. You know what? Thank I, you, Julia. I think we're going to have a, an even bigger crowd this Friday.
0: Uh, it won't surprise me yeah, yeah, yeah. Weather's going to be
1: perfect Friday is festive Friday,
0: <laughs> The last Friday of the fair oh. KSTP Television Studios mm-hmm.
2: 1230 oh, but by, by the way, two things of note from last Thursday's show Number one, when they saw the giant GL crowd all the TV people came up to Sooch You should come out here every yeah, day Can you be out here Wednesday?
1: <laughs> okay, we'll be out here for 45 minutes please how, how was
2: that answer received?
0: I said, uh, you know, uh, we'll be back next Friday. We'll see you Friday. We'll see you Friday.
2: <laughs> we'll work on it, but we'll be back next Friday to be." And we were so popular. You know how popular we
1: were? How popular were we?
2: Other major market radio stars in the Twin Cities were stopping by just to see the GL.
1: I did stop by their booth and chat with them, and they said, wow, what a crowd. Who's this? Uh, the afternoon guys. From our place? No. No, no on the, uh, the sports station. Oh, I see. Danny? <laughs> Dan yes. and Justin yep. stopped by
2: to say hi.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jerry Cheesebro from, uh, Jerry Ann Cheesebro from out in the desert, California, mm. Phoenix, where I can't remember where she's from. I want to thank you for playing the song by Dawson Hollow on today's podcast, meaning yesterday's podcast, because I was seriously worried about your hearing after I listened <laughs> to the Thursday State Fair <laughs> podcast. I should have known that you were not the kind of guy to gush over a horrible band just to be nice. Thanks. Dr. Cheese out in the desert. Oh, Dr. Cheese. cheese. Dr. Cheese to mm-hmm. you.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> by the way, they retweeted us uh the band Dawson's Hollow. Oh,
1: I gotta I, I should send something out.
2: Too. Once I I posted I said that their music was featured on the show, they re, they retweeted this, So they nice. must have listened to it as well. Yeah the uh, this the, it sounded
1: great live if right. you were there. Just keep playing your music, don't listen to ours, uh right.
0: Dawson. I made a uh errand run last night on my Yamaha scooter. Did
1: you run up to did you run up to and not tell us
0: no, I'm not going to go all that way on the scooter. Okay. I'd go in oh, a car. Okay. And the oh, okay. rule, the show rule is, and today there's only three of us. For, so if one of us was going today, the Ooh. other two have a benefit. You could get away uh, with it. But at Ecofund Motorsports in Forest Lake, right on Highway 61, yep. there's a back to school sale on scooters, mm. and I'm telling you, it turns in, it turns errands into adventures. Uh, it's great for college students, high school students who are uh, conscious of fuel economy and parking. Uh, these are scooters made by Lance and Sim in California. They have been for uh, for more than uh, fifty years. And uh, when when Lance and Sim heard that Tim Bloom was uh, throwing uh, back to school sale, they they chopped in, or uh, chipped in for another hundred bucks off. Let's go!
1: This is the time to buy. So,
0: Race Star forty nine CC. Uh, that was $12.99, now 11.99. The Cabo 50, $18.99, now $17.99, and the Havana Classic 50 and the Soho 50, both at $19.99 are now $18.99. It's affordable. Very There's a affordable. full line of Yamaha motorcycles at the EcoFund Motorsports, uh, youth snowmobiles and ATVs, and of course those fabulous Bentelli e-bikes. But right now you can go to EcoFund Motorsports, take a test drive on one of these scooters, and uh, don't even worry ever about maintenance. First of all, they're reliable, and secondly, if you do need something, uh, Tim's crew makes a trip through the Twin Cities on a daily basis and brings stuff back to Forest Lake, fixes it, and gets it back to you. That's uh, it's full re- service. It's really a great service, and you should take advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, I really should. You, you have a dead Yamaha... 2005 Yamaha Zuma. You have a dead Zuma. They'll have that running, and they'll get it back to you within a day or two.
1: Yeah, it would take me years. You know I what? They'll, they'll do
0: it you already got a guy. You got a
1: guy. Let's go here. I got let's go. You
2: don't let's have a guy well. better than That's what I'm saying. You've got a guy. You've got, a, really guy. got a guy in Ecofun
0: Motorsports. I got a guy. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Uh reporting isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Have you heard about this moron up uh up uh, Elk Riverway, uh Sherburn County, uh who's been throwing oh, screws onto yeah, the roads yeah. and ruining people's tires and an Elk River man has been arrested after th- authorities said he admitted to throwing dozens of screws on Sherburne County roads over the past two months. The Sherburne County Sheriff's Office said Jeffrey Scott Coet, 63, was arrested after a caller reportedly seeing a vehicle near Zimmerman Terrace Park Monday morning that matched the description of a vehicle police had identified as being involved in numerous incidents. He's in jail awaiting formal charges. Uh, the sheriff's office said Coet admitted to having, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, admitted to having screws in his vehicle and had a five pound box of screws. He also admitted numerous times during questioning to throwing the screws on various roadways, the department said. Big Lake police have as many as 150 reports God, I just drove through there on Friday and uh, aye, aye, aye. Uh, Saturday. Big Lake police have as many as 150 reports of tires being damaged by screws, and the sheriff's office has received dozens of similar calls. Investigators are following up on reports and trying to determine a motive. Well, I guess I guess, Stupidity. the reporting is that what it used to be was I wanted to know why he was doing this. Apparently, there's still... Trying to discover the motive.
2: Well, I mean, this is bad, but apparently his tire business is doing very
0: well. Does he have a tire <laughs> Yeah, well, wouldn't that be something <laughs> if he had a tire store? Ray's
1: tire store. <laughs> business is rough. Did you get screwed? Visit Ray's tire store. I gotta stop at Fratellonis
2: and get another box of screws. <laughs> they, Mike would not endorse that no, very thing. No. We're kidding, of
0: course. Uh, Fratellonis does have good hardware though. Yes, they do. Fasteners. Mm-hmm. Fasteners. Fasteners. I love fasteners. fasteners. I love going into that aisle and Peruse. I've been bugging them. I want them to lay in some chrome stuff, but that's kind of a specialty deal. Why wouldn't they carry that? I don't think they have a lot of chrome hardware.
1: What do you need chrome
2: hardware
0: for? Oh, when I'm tinkering with uh, boats, cars, motorcycles, I want chrome hardware.
1: Right. Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. You need that. uh, You can't have that rusty old nail there. No. (laughs) Rusty nail.
0: No, no, you can't. No, you can't. Uh, (laughs) All right. Stay tuned, GLers. We'll be back in a moment. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, seeking through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. We haven't heard from the chef for a while, Scott Mature out in Montana.
1: No, but I saw he sent something today, huh?
0: Now it's really time to push back, he writes. This has been on my mind for quite some time, but what ultimately, ultimately linked it all together was something from last Wednesday's podcast. You read a quote from uh, Park Board Commissioner, Minneapolis Park Board Commissioner, Londell French, which read, That's got to end, and it starts with little bitty decisions and little bitty choices that communities make like this in reference to the now several Calhoun name changes. And if you notice, the language has changed over the months from John C. Calhoun owning slaves to now John C. Calhoun advocating for the ownership of slaves. Tiny changes. More and more, I am finding the connection the far left tries to make to the right. Nazis and Hitler is not only absurd, but growing tired. They now even refer to Ben Shapiro as a Nazi. They do get that he is an Orthodox Jew, right? But the real irony is that they need not look any farther than their own gang. Thanks to their many small changes of seemingly no consequence, they have created a generation of youth who are afraid of the doorbell, spend more time looking down at a screen than other people's faces, have little to no interest in competition, are no longer clear about what gender they are, have no interest in keeping this country faithful, patriotic, strong, are not only unarmed but afraid of guns, and are even asking our government to take them from them. What a perfect generation to implement larger government and more social control over. And then it hit me. I've seen this before with obviously different details due to history and technology, but the chain of events are the same. Small, seemingly irrelevant rules, changes, and social admonishments began to creep into another society in the 1930s. It was my visit to the Holocaust Museum three years ago in Washington, D.C., where in as little as 15 years, Hitler completely changed the way Germans conducted themselves and viewed the rest of the world. As I followed the path through the museum along Hitler's methodical change to a generation, we all noticed that it was the school system where he began his message. One of Hitler's most successful tactics was to get German children behind him, to convince them that every decision they were making as a generation and a nation was for progress and unity. Yet ultimately, all he did was divide a nation and imprison millions. Now, keep in mind Landell French's quote, and the mysteries, many small changes to streets, schools, mascots, buildings, artwork, etc. As you read this quote, Quote, the best way to take control over a people and control them utterly is to take a little of their freedom at a time to erode rights by a thousand tiny and almost imperceptible reductions. In this way, the people will not will not see those rights and freedoms being removed until past the point at which these changes cannot be reversed. This quote is from Adolf Hitler. I've set down my pint with a healthy, healthy head of home and foam and I'm pushing back with both hands and all my might. Good luck. Scott Matura, executive chef at Bucks Whoa. in Montana. Great email. Mm-hmm. Good job, Scotty.
1: Little pieces of our freedom.
0: He was a high school classmate of yours.
1: Yeah, He was a lot dumber in high school.
0: I was going to say, <laughs> what happened?
1: He was a lot dumber <laughs> in high school. This guy's a thinker. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? What happened? I put it this way. I never cheated off of him. Yeah. I don't think he ever cheated off you of me You probably were either.
0: never in the same class. We were
1: in the same French class in the same homeroom. And he his French was horrible.
0: Well, oh, the Hitler stuff is terrible, and I'm tired of it. It's it's preposterous to bring up Hitler, but it he does get brought up. Uh, the more accurate part of that email is, uh, and we're seeing it in the San Francisco Board of Supervisors yep. changing language, mm-hmm. small imperceptible changes, and before you know it, you don't know what's happened.
1: But isn't it isn't it funny? Scott mentions in his email that uh, they call uh, you know Ben a Nazi and.
0: Uh, Ben is an Orthodox Jew,
1: right? But the the Ben and and the right, they're not trying to change things and take away anything from you. The the left are the ones that are trying to take away a little bit of your freedom, your identity, etc.
0: I will put it this way: GLers are just trying to hold on to the center. GLers are just trying to hold on to common sense. You will never find at either the uh, Garage Logic High School, home of the uh, the uh, the wrenches. Mm-hmm. Or the University of Garage Logic, the Fighting Stogies, yep. you will never find in either of those institutions an adulting class.
2: No, <laughs> heavens no! If you don't know that on
1: your way in, then don't come.
0: Right. And Adult
1: is not a verb; no. it's a noun in uh, in Garage That's Logic. That's
0: right. And 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 you will, uh, you know, we've defeated the University of Self Esteem ninety eight to nothing. Yes. You know. Remember when they came to town? Mm, yes. Oh my god! They were god. not prepared. They were really. weeping before they got off the bus. If <laughs> we were in the
2: Mayak, we'd have been kicked out. We'd have been kicked, have kicked out. out.
0: In fact, we were kicked out of the mic.
2: Back to uh, back to the point of <laughs> we play an independent schedule <laughs> right, right. or Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, back to the point you made about just subtle changes here and there. Is this a product of a collective large amount of people wanting to make changes, or is this just a case of not enough people are paying
0: attention? Not enough people are paying attention, which is why GL's new theme is pushback. You must push back.
1: But look at look at the way we're going. I never, intended,
0: too- I never intended to preserve Lake Calhoun's name because of, of anything that having to do with slavery. We're all in agreement that that was America's sin, and we've done the best to, to rectify that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I made the—my I, I, position was always, well, A, you don't have a case because the lake wasn't named for him because of slavery, and B, where are you going to stop? Well, they're not going to stop. They aren't. The, the roads have been changed now.
1: Well, that's looking in that quote, in that Hitler quote, Mm -hmm. and cannot be reversed.
0: It'll get to the point where you can't reverse it. Jeez.
1: Okay, Upbeat Tuesday. All right.
0: I have a deep thought, and I don't know what to do with it. Uh, Well, just go back to the Gull Lake situation. Uh, Beautiful antique boat show. Mm -hmm. But then just the general. Life itself on the lake with people out in pontoons and families and enjoying a uh, wonderful summer day, beautiful summer day. And uh, how can that be ruined? Don't I know, but I I, it'll be it's such an overwhelming task that the mystery has to undo all that. Oh my god,
2: it's privilege. Mm
0: -hmm. You're
2: right. Oh my god, it's privilege. It'll be viewed as well, how come I don't get well,
1: I don't have a boat. Where's my boat? You can't just. You can use mine. Never gets used. <laughs> Wait a minute. Open invitation.
2: Okay, okay
0: there we go. Locked in. <laughs> no, what I mean, I see. Uh, y- you see these great scenes of uh, summer activity in Chesapeake Bay, or uh, <laughs> uh, the Thousand Island region, uh, upstate New York, or uh, Cape Cod, uh, Cape Cod, or off the coast of L.A., or in the middle of the country. Great. Great gatherings uh, of people at fairs or car shows or whatever. Uh, Maybe that's a ray of hope that it's going to be very tough to undo that.
2: But I think that's a part where we're so far away from the country's tallest buildings,
0: it might be safe. Don't you? We're not far away from the country's tallest buildings. We're governed right here in Minneapolis and St. Paul by the country's tallest buildings. I'm talking Gull Lake specifically. So oh, it's things, a different world up there. It, it is.
2: It's you, you. You're almost in a
0: different country. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that. Well, speaking of that. We I call got that it. a segue. No, I got Word. it. I got it. Many uh, GLers uh, who have heard my take on these. Uh, so-called uh, barn find collections being auctioned off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my prediction wa- is uh, or has been that in many cases, what ultimately you will discover is not a collection, but a hoarding situation. Right, And that was the case we had a week or 10 days ago with the fellow in, in uh, was it, uh, Wheaton. Rochester. Wheaton, yes, it was Wheaton. Wheaton, Minnesota. And I was proved correct on that one. But many GLers are alerting me to... Uh, Another collection that has come up that does not appear to be a, a strictly hoarding situation. It's in Red Oak, Iowa. It's a hundreds of vehicles collected over the last 50 years by a name, by a man named Coyote Johnson. Oh. A 65-year-old construction company owner has been buying muscle cars since he was 16 and building barns with his own hands to store them. So these have been out of the elements. They're dusty as hell, but they all look pretty good. Wow. They're filled with Plymouth Roadrunners, Chevy Chevelles, Ford Mustangs, and practically every kind of muscle car from the 60s and 70s. There are plenty of other cars and trucks, a 1951 Ford Victoria, custom to a 1997 uh, Pontiac Trans Am Coupe and uh, convertible. There aren't many, any million-dollar rarities, and plenty of them need work, but standouts include a 1970 Chevrolet Chevelle SS Sport Coupe with a 454 Big Block V8, uh, Coyote told the Des Moines Register that not too many people knew about his hoard. See, I would be okay if they would have said collection instead of hoard.
1: Because the, these are somewhat, these, these, made, these, somewhat these, have been, to. these
0: have been somewhat husbanded. Yes. These have been somewhat cared for. Uh, he announced a few months ago that he was going to auction off most of his, co- his collection at the behest of his girlfriend and daughter. Barn collection specialist Vanderbrink Auctions will be handling the sale at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds in Iowa, where the cars are scheduled to cross the block on September 14th. Uh, They won't all be there. Johnson is holding on to a few, including several of the roadrunners. which the
1: trophy wife wants him to keep.
0: Which he has a particular (laughs) affection for. uh, If you feel the same way, don't worry, because he still has 11 uh, roadrunners listed for sale. But there's an example of... uh, your chances there are better at finding something serviceable and and uh, uh, runnable than uh, than a lot of the so called farm auctions where a, a so called collection turns out to be uh, deteriorating. That stuff. might
1: be one where you uh, you might possibly take. The no, trip, what's huh? what's
0: his line? Too many mice.
1: Yeah, too many mice <laughs> chewing <laughs> too, on the oh, interior. Oh, I
0: got asked if I was going to that one. I said no. Too many mice. And I Also, oh. also got a note from uh, from Leaf who says, "Love the show." I recently got married and a little slice of heaven called Okaboji, Iowa. I attached some pictures that will hopefully do it some justice. There is a maritime museum there filled with classic boats that you would enjoy, not to mention they only ask for a donation. As well, the richest Iowan built a man cave, and his wife talked him into opening it to the public. It is now Okaboji Classic Cars. He not only recreated two main streets from two cities that influenced him, there is a point during the tour where you walk into a theater. When I walked into the drive-in, I asked... Uh, if that was an MG, he said all the cars in the first row are MGs. What is amazing about this place is that there is a uh, marquee that was once on the outside of the theater that has two movies on the board, once one being a John Wayne Green Beret and the second being a streetcar named Desire. While you look up at the wall, they are looping the movies and you are walking through the cars and you feel like you're in a 50s drive-in. The attention to detail is amazing. I'd strongly suggest a visit three hours southwest of the city. is one of the most beautiful and that goes for all of you. There is an amusement park and plenty to do mm-hmm. with the little ones. Uh, as familiar as I am with Lake Okaboji, I've never been there.
2: I have. Uh, the, the bride has family that's I've in never that been it's, there. It's, he's right. It's absolutely gorgeous. And
0: I raced uh, sailboats against many people from Lake Okaboji. Oh, really? Yeah, sure. They're part of the Inland Lakes Yachting Association. This is back when I was a Ute. Okay. Back when I was a U. Well, it's he, not far south of the border. And he sent pictures, and uh, this isn't a collection. This is; a, these are all kept as museum quality. That's cool. So, if you're interested in that, uh, yeah, give him a plug. Go to uh, www.arnoldspark.com, dot Arnold's Park Maritime Museum. Arnold's Park. One word, no apostrophe, in Arnold's. I'm familiar with that Arnold's Park. So, okay, thank you. I have to take a break for some urgent
3: business. Yes, sir. Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800 967 3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com.
0: The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. It's either windmilling or where do our sensibilities lie.
1: Ooh, I like where do our sensibilities lie.
0: Minnetonka City Council approved a controversial mountain bike trail through Lone Lake Park on Monday night that some opponents will fear compromised habitat for an endangered bee. <gasps> the 5-2 vote came well after midnight. Council members Bob Ellingson and Rebecca Schack were the no votes. Dozens of people testified for more than two hours at a council meeting packed with off-road bike enthusiasts <laughs> and environmentalists. The council approved the trail with the condition that the city would annually review its impact. I think mountain bikers have been unfairly vilified. Councilmember Tim Bergstead said, These people care about the environment just as much as anyone opposing the trails does. Other council members expressed disappointment over the black and white tenor of the debate. Of the nearly 700 emails that council members received, Bergstead said he didn't remember more than a few that offered any sort of compromise. Uh, The city council meeting came a year after opponents filed a petition requesting the city conduct an environmental assessment worksheet of the trail's impact on wildlife and vegetation. The city rejected that request. In September 2018, the nonprofit Protect Our Minnetonka Parks sued the city, challenging its denial of the environmental assessment. The Minnesota Court of Appeals upheld the city council's decision. Last month, the group filed a petition with the Minnesota Supreme Court to review the ruling. At a minimum, the decision on this plan should have been deferred until the Minnesota Supreme Court decides how to handle this case, said Marshall Tannick, an attorney representing the nonprofit. Okay, here we go. The group is concerned about the environmental impact of the nearly 5 miles of trails, particularly on the rusty patch bumblebee, a federally listed endangered species. A study commissioned by the city concluded that the trails would increase the risk of potentially displacing the species. Let me stop right there. Wouldn't that mean they would just move someplace else?
2: Hey, let's go over here. The wooded trail. Right.
0: Another study brought to the city by Protect Our Minnetonka Parks also outlined potential negative effects on the bee in addition to effects on other wildlife, trees, and soil erosion. Uh,
1: They found a bee. uh,
0: Linda Russell, a member of Friends of Lone Lake Park. Boy, there's a lot of friends of parks, aren't there? Yeah, they really Mm -hmm. are. They gather. Linda Russell, a member of Friends of Lone Lake Park, said the city council failed to think of the future of the park and the habitat it offers. This is irreversible. These trails will change the park permanently, she said. Ben Marks, a member of the Minnetonka Mountain Bike Trail Advocates. Let me stop right there. Let me there stop is. right there. Wait, if you friends? can't find a group to belong to in this country, you're something wrong with you. Uh, Ben Marks, a member of the Minnetonka Mountain Bike Trail Advocates, believes city officials have done their due diligence. The initial interest in developing mountain bike trails in the city dates to 2016 when city leaders uh, sought feedback about residents wanted to see in the city. Uh, The city has been thoughtful, uh, Marks said, adding that he's surprised the issue has drawn as much attention as it has. Mountain biking has grown in popularity and adding the trails is a way to provide an in-demand amenity. Uh, Okay youth and families are engaged in this he said it's given them a reason to care for the parks many young people spoke for the trails uh, okay a lot of things that work here isn't there i guess yeah, they are going to get the trails see that's either windmilling or where my sensibilities lie if you're telling me that the bees might get displaced that's not Ooh. as tell that's not the same as telling me they're going to be wiped out that they're 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 going to become extinct mm-hmm I'm pro bee. Sure, well, you we, know, boom. Over the
1: years, that we're very pro we've
0: bee. we've gotten to know a lot about
2: bees over the years. Well, and clearly, the metro area needs more bike trails.
1: Mm-hmm. But, like you said, it would just it would go fifty yards down to the other flowers like and that. build and build their nests. This is
2: progressive bear. on
0: progressive crime,
2: though. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm all for it. <laughs> I like watching them eat themselves alive. You know, in,
0: in St. Paul, one of the latest. A stunts by the mayor is to take half of Aid Mill Road, oh take the uh, northbound <clears throat> lanes and convert them to bicycle lanes and pedestrian lanes, Come and then on. the and the uh, the westernmost, uh, I'm sorry, the east side of aid, aid the eastbound lane, Ooh. the lanes to the east, there of, you go. the east lanes of Aid Mill Road <laughs> would become bicycle and pedestrian, and the west lanes would become two way traffic. And, and first of all, that's uh, too expensive to do that. Uh, thir- uh, secondly, you you would be impacting traffic for some uh, minimal amount of bicyclists who would use it for about six months a year at best, mm-hmm. and uh, it's folly. But it's again, it's the it's the progressive demonization of the internal combustion engine that drives this, mm-hmm. and uh, l- with little regard to the to the people. Uh, who have to go out and earn a living to pay for your schemes.
1: I would take issue with you saying that the city of St. Paul cannot afford it because after the trash debacle and the 17% increase that St. Paul residents are going to uh, get, they'll probably have some extra cash.
0: So I got thinking. <laughs> I got thinking. Okay. I told you that the guys this before the show. I've watched with great interest the Pelham Bark Pelham Boulevard. Boulevard bike lane that runs from Mississippi River Boulevard to University Avenue. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's uh, east, uh, uh, north to south, south to north on on Pelham. What is that, about a two-mile stretch? How far is that? It wouldn't even be two miles. Okay. But they they really shrunk the size of Pelham Boulevard and uh, took away car lane and uh, fenced off the bike lane. And I, I am amazed at the lack of use it gets. So I got thinking. I wish I would have thought of this. I could still do it. I know two 14-year-olds, and I'd, I'd pay them each 50 bucks and provide them a lunch and two chairs. And I'd like to set them up at the corner of Otis and Pelham. Yep. From 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., their moms could come by and, and take them to a bathroom break or whatever. And I want them to count on a beautiful summer day. I want them to count the number of bicycles they see. All right. And I'll bet you the number would be significantly small for the amount of uh, stress this places on automobile drivers. Wait a minute. Fifty bucks in lunch.
1: I would do that. You throw in a
0: burger, local burger there. Uh, I
1: don't even need a chair. I'll bring my own. You go you go sixty and you got yourself a deal. Brooklyn I'll I'll over over there for ten bucks and okay, hang I'll out. give
0: you each sixty.
1: All right. I'm good. With lunch. Where was I? <laughs> That's what I would say to Reavers.
0: What number were we on? Seven? I don't know.
1: Four?
2: You know, I, I had
0: another thought today because I went and drove Aid uh, Mill a couple of times lately, uh, trying to figure out if I am going to write about it or what. And I had another thought. it's It's a, a kind of a pretty windy hollow through the city, mm-hmm. right? Through mm-hmm. yes. the city. The original intent was to connect the two freeways, right and and that got shot down. That got shot down years ago. But I thought, What's ever wrong with beautifying something for motorists? In other words, repave it, put up the old streetlights. You know, have a sure. have a parkway. What's 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 wrong with what's beautifying wrong with the city yeah. on behalf of those who are paying your bills? Because if you ride your bike to work, that's what you do for a living, pretty much. You ride your bike to work. I,
2: well, I, think of who they're trying to accommodate. The, the, the couple that says, let's, let's go for a walk in the park. Nah, to hell with that. Let's go take a stroll on id Mill. Yeah. And, uh, do they really think people are going to utilize that
0: for walking purposes? But what a neat uh, parkway that could be if it was beautified.
1: Yes. Maintained. Yeah, throw some street lights in there. Pave it,
0: Put Make... the old-fashioned street lights yeah. every so often. You can
1: throw a bench down there if somebody's. Yeah. You know, they can go stick and go sit on the bench and watch the neat cars go by or but count see, bikes. See, it's yeah. an
0: anomaly count though bikes. for them to think in the salon to to think of anything uh, that would be beneficial or uh, uh, a beautification to anything having to do with the internal combustion engine. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: they're obligated. Via their theology right. to not
0: promote the... the, the theology budget. demands that the roads continue to disappear on behalf of... Who in the hell is going to walk 8-Mill Road? I don't know. From where to where?
1: Right. <laughs> How do you know when you're done? Because
0: immediately east of it are railroad tracks. Right. So it's not like you can cut up at any time and catch a side street. No. Nope. Not if there's a train around, you can't. Well, well anyway, somebody's got to hit by a train. I have all these thoughts that go nowhere. So,
2: hey, back to the um, back to the Minnetonka story you read. Yeah, two things stuck out to me. You had the quote from the city council member that said what he was surprised about the reaction, mm-hmm. which is where we heard that before in the story of the flag, or excuse me, the pledge of allegiance. Pledge of allegiance yeah, allegiance. Yeah. So that's just how out of touch all of these city council people are for the most part, but also. The one volunteer that thought this issue was of such great importance, he wanted the Supreme Court to that's get the, involved. That's the attorney.
0: The attorney, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. Trying to prevent the, uh, the bike pass, you, you Marshall Tanning.
2: The, the Supreme
0: Court's got better things to do? Well, the rusted, the rusted patch bumblebee is pretty crucial. But if they're only going to be displaced, that suggests to me they're just going to move.
1: They're gonna flutter away.
0: They're gonna go somewhere and else. Make
1: another house somewhere. There's a lot of land out there. Yeah, they'll put another hive together.
0: They can get there. They you, hive. Don't you can they? do it. You can do it,
1: Rick. We got to move the hive again. Yeah, yeah, we gotta come on. Call Frank.
0: <laughs> hey, remember that Spencer Grunhoffer has a great promotion going. What is it? Well, he's gonna give away a two hundred and fifty dollar wow. Grunhoffer's gift card to the fifteen hundredth person who comes in and signs the heard it on Garage Logic podcast sheet. Since they started with us, they have over thirteen hundred signatures from people who heard about Spencer's wow. on the GL podcast. Love that. So uh, I don't know how you're going to work out the the math on that to time it to be the fifteen hundred person, but that person is going to get lucky because you can walk out of there with a lot of good meat for two hundred and fifty bucks, beef, man. A f- lot of meat for two hundred and fifty bucks: buffalo and elk patties, flat iron skirt and hanger steaks, homemade pastrami, mm. uh, salmon, Aww. salmon for grilling. I haven't even gotten to the brats yet. Your your brat grilling brackets are still underway with 130 different pork brat flavors. Grill these brats. Do not dare boil them like the poor guy who drove down from Marquette, Michigan, Turned around, went home, put the brats in the refrigerator, oh. came home the next night and his wife was boiling them. The poor guy almost had a yeah. meltdown. thinking
2: she was doing him a favor. Right. You know what that was?
0: <laughs> FFLF. Yeah, female fun limitation he fired
1: factor. fired up the grill, having a brew. Oh, oh. He, you know what?
0: He was dreaming about yes. it.
1: Yes. Yeah, perfect Nice.
0: Papa, cold spent one. Spent all day at work thinking about oh, it. Oh, when I, I get wait. home, is my family going to have oh. a treat? Oh, he said they were still good. Not good. But it wasn't what his fantasy had in mind, right. you know. Grunhofer's yeah. old-fashioned meat market is at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. And you will not be disappointed. It's become a GL clubhouse uh, because it's the meat capital of the world.
2: I, I was approached at the fair on Thursday. I forget the gentleman's name, but he asked me about the season tri-tip because he heard me talking about it. Yeah, you you've, you've yeah. prepared it. And it, it is spectacular, but I, I do want to go get another one before yes. before the snow flies at some point. So I think one of you guys should. Well, they're open in the winter. Well,
0: remember, you have to tell
1: us. (laughs) They're open in the winter. I can't go today.
0: I I hesitate. Uh, uh, Abortion's a tough topic on podcast or radio. Call us now with your thoughts. No, but there is something that that bears mentioning here, and that's Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, Uh, says women should be able to choose abortion even the day before birth, Mm -hmm. and that's such a dark presence in the land that it's dispiriting. It's just a darkness from these pandering fools.
2: That's all that they are is pandering.
0: And he had a good question put to him. Uh, He took the uh, pro-abortion stance to its furthest extreme Monday when questioned on the issue during an event at the College of Charleston. This is according to the Washington Examiner. O'Rourke, who has avoided specifics on abortion policy while choosing to stick to more general talking points about a woman's right to choose, was forced into a corner by a very pointed question. Okay. Uh, from an attendee. My question is this. I was born September 8th, 1989. And I want to know if you think that on September 7th, 1989, my life had no value. Hmm. What a great question. Yeah. What do you reply with? Of course I don't think that, O'Rourke said. And of course I'm glad that you're here. But you referenced uh, my answer in Ohio. It remains the same. This is a decision for the that the government should not be making. That's a decision for the woman to make. O'Rourke's answer contains a set of seemingly contradictory conclusions. Yes, an unborn life has value, and at the same time, yes, a woman should be able to choose to give that unborn life up the day before it is set to enter the world. So he's trying to have it both ways because he's a pandering fool. Mm -hmm. But what a darkness that is. It's just such a darkness. Uh, And
2: regardless of whatever you... Truly believe I'm talking about O'Rourke here. Yeah, th- it, it doesn't matter. All you're doing is spewing nonsense
0: in the in the in the hopes of acquiring votes. Even more notable, the question was not framed in the context of the mother's health or the unborn child's health. It was simply a question of the value of life. And O'Rourke, in his answer, grants women unilateral authority to get an abortion at any point before birth, apparently for any reason. O'Rourke has previously deferred to a woman's choice regarding late. B- term abortion in march during an ohio town hall event he was asked if he supported third trimester abortions for viable fetuses that could be removed by c-section that should be a decision that the woman makes about her body o'rourke said i trust her okay you're a pandering fool and you're a darkness you're a darkness on the land 651 six, six, five, five.
1: call us now and let's get the ball rolling <laughs>
0: Well, what a great question! I'm born September 5th, 1989. On September 4th, 1989, did I have any value? Well, well, uh, well, well. That that that. What? Well, exactly, that. Yeah. No. Uh, that. Well, of course you have value. Of course you have value. But that that. Was, I trust the woman to make that decision. No, you're an idiot. No, you're, That's an, a idiot. Sound of an, you're an idiot. You're an
1: E-bike backpedaling. Yeah.
0: And they don't even make any noise backpedaling. <laughs> right. What right. an idiot. Yeah. It's idiocy.
1: Well, he's trying to uh, uh, appeal to the. Again, the theology people that, that follow. I don't this know religion.
0: who in the hell he's trying to appeal to. Oh. I guess
2: menis- women voters. I guess. Speaking of that entire just debacle that is the Democratic Party, did you guys see the? Latest? You don't think
0: the Republican party's is a well,
2: debacle? You know what I'm saying? It did is. you guys see the I'm politically uh, lonely? The Bernie Sanders <laughs> quote on media: if he is to become president, well, he's going to
0: prevent mergers. Too late for me, Bernie. <laughs> But he's going to limit
2: the number of, of outlets that companies can own. Mm-hmm. Bernie, that, that's not your... Bernie
0: is a tired old fart who's a commie. Let's just call it what it is. He's a commie, uh, commie. Yeah, if you want to vote for him, it's because you're too lazy to work and you want him to take my money and give it to you. Word. End of story. Word. Boom. To my mother.
1: <laughs> what I'm saying is...
0: When we come back, I'm going to tell you what the... Farmer's Almanac has in store for us in this world of evil climate change. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Suchere. The old Farmer's Almanac. And the Farmer's Almanac, two different publications, have each released their forecast for the winter season. The old Farmer's Almanac predicts a mellow winter with above average temperatures and below average precipitation. Mm. So I'm rooting for the old Farmer's Almanac. The Farmer's Almanac has a different prediction. The Farmer's Almanac forecasts a winter with severe cold and above average amounts of precipitation. You know what that tells me? They can't go wrong either way, right? The two uh, the two almanacs do agree on the time frame for the coldest temperatures, each predicting a frigid end of January and early Feb. Uh, okay, that's from Channel Five. Hmm.
1: Did they reveal anything about the uh, the crop report? The uh...
0: for oranges? Yeah, no. Uh, the Farmers' Almanac is predicting a particularly harsh winter for the Midwest in general. This could feel like the never-ending winter, particularly in the Midwest and east of the Ohio Valley and Appalachians, where wintry weather will last well into March and even through the first days of spring, Almanac editor Janice Stillman said. According to the Farmer's Almanac, the Heartland can expect below-average temperatures this winter, as can the Pacific Coast. The cold will continue through Valentine's Day, providing the perfect excuse to stay indoors and snuggle. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you want to snuggle Georgie?
0: nope nope
1: look at those snowflakes joe the 2020 oh, edition of, of the
0: almanac also says the u.s can expect frequent snow events during the winter boy these are pretty safe predictions aren't they They really are you know usually you'll get a little snow in the Hey, winter.
2: it's gonna <laughs> right. be cold it'll right. snow January. in the
0: winter it'll snow in the winter the map calls for a parade of snowstorms in minnesota along with the dakotas that's from Channel 4.
2: But re- recall last year, y- yes, it winter lingered a little bit longer, but it was still pleasant until middle
0: part of December. We barely had any snow on the ground. I don't know. I mean, Kapuya. But the last two years in a row, we've had mid-Feb heavy snowstorms. Yes, we have. Yes, and we my have. lilac bloom was later this year than usual. May 25th. Well, I've I got the pictures the to prove it. Vividly. I've got the pictures to prove it. <laughs> One final thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, emailer Bert always has some good thoughts because GLers are good thinkers. Yeah. Besides being wrong-headed socialists, Panders, Warren et al. fail to understand that economies of wealth and energy consumption are not zero sum games. I mean, that if mixed dollar grubber earns 20 million and the government takes 1 million to give to miss grubsteak it does not mean that all 1 million actually gets to miss grubsteak or that it will be put to an equally useful purpose that's why socialism does not work 1 million dollars over here does not do the same thing as 1 million dollars over there plus someone the government gets a brokerage fee tax and as you have pointed out, by getting rid of combustion engines, we will not have any reduction of environmental impact. It will just be a different impact. Quit drilling for oil, and then you need to mine for more minerals for batteries, which leads to more battery disposal. Or we can all ride Bentelli's e-bike from EcoFun, and the economy slows considerably, and so on. Dispensing with one bad thing does not truly result in an anticipated good thing. I have four apples. I give two apples to Skippy. I eat my apple, Skippy bakes a pie and sells it for two bucks and buys more apples. Two identical items used with very different results. The economies or the economics of human behavior do not result in balanced books, regards Bert. Huh. That's how you push back. If you're at a Bernie Panders event or an Elizabeth Warren event, those are the kind of questions you have to ask. Huh. Okay. How will you taking how will you take uh, Elizabeth, you want to take money? Uh, from people with net worths above $50 million. W- why does that result in a balanced book somewhere? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that
2: way. Well, and not to mention, I forget who asked the question, but basically, yeah, keep going after all of these businesses and people with a lot of money. They're just going to move, you and, idiot. And Where are they going to go?
1: S- pretty soon, when will it be $25 million? Mm-hmm. We got the hundred million. We got the fifty million people. You're now still not down to me,
0: so I don't care.
1: <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will never have that added tax. I can it's not going to be a problem. <laughs> well, you never know.
0: Uh, it could be. You
1: never know how popular that podcast is going to go. International? Are we international already? We, well, we already. have. We have, We have listeners
2: we have in listeners all over the world. We're
1: international. Let's go.
0: Listeners all over the world. How many
2: listeners do you have, ma'am? uh oh, fifteen to thirty. Yeah,
0: thousand. thousand? No. Ooh, you mean
2: oh, 15 that, to 30. Was that Pet Talk? <laughs> I, I, I got to find the name of her podcast. Pet Talk. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I
1: interview cats.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see of, at the fair. Garage Logic. That's Friday. Uh-huh. That's
1: Friday. At the Channel 5 building right next to the Score North where we used to broadcast. And we will be there from 1230 to 2 o'clock with another cast of characters.
2: First round's on the mayor, correct? First
1: round is on the mayor, everybody. Well, it sure was last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But <laughs> so check it all out. I had currently. to go to the bank. Yeah, you did. <laughs> GarageLogic.com is the website where you can find everything. Greg Holcomb's latest creations. What's on Joe's bookshelf? And potential sponsorship of the podcast. Love to hear from you. you hear me get my papers folded here. GarageLogic.com. I hear that. Oh, don't forget! Brand new episode of Table Talk out there, where I have a little faux pas about my uh, my wedding night. That upset my wife a little bit. You might want to check that out. Table Talk with Rookie's Family, the GL
0: Sister Podcast. Catch you next time.